substance. Nothing personal word of the day. March 25th. Today is Thursday. It's a Twitter space day tonight. If you're listening to this Thursday, if not, not. Substance is the word of the day. Substance, I associate that with drugs. You're a substance abuser. Don't take those substances. Those substances will help you perform. It's a performance enhancing drug that's a substance. But I'm talking about substance that's different now. I'm talking about pine tar, talking about fingernail clippers or nail files or jelly, KY jelly, Vaseline petroleum jelly. I'm talking about any foreign substance that can doctor the ball. I wanted to do doctor as the word of the day. Doctor, doctor, can't you see I'm burning, burning. MLB made this big announcement. It was a huge deal. They want everyone to know. We are now going to be the substance police, not Coke, not heroin, not crack, not Mary Jane. They are going to police baseballs. Thank you, God. Finally, MLB is doing something about the fact that every single pitcher doctors the baseball. GMAB, folks, here on NPDS, give me a break. Here's the story of what pitchers do to baseballs. You've heard about it. A spitball. Do you know what? Uh, like Gaylord Perry, a Hall of Famer, used to throw what's called a spitball, right? He basically put spit on the ball. Anything you put on a baseball does what? So a baseball is a circular object, and it goes through the air. I'm not doing a physics class because I'm not a physician or a physicist or any way involved or interested in physics other than what I know is when I'm walking and something gets in front of me that's solid and I hit it, I stop moving in that direction. That's what I know. When there's a circular ball that's being thrown, here's the other thing I know. If there's something on the ball that doesn't make it perfectly circular, it may travel in a different trajectory. If there's a substance on the ball, if there's a cut in the ball, it makes the ball travel differently. If you can hold the ball differently because it's a bit stickier than it would normally be, that means that you could put different spin on the ball. Pitchers have been doctoring baseballs since the beginning of time. 18 years of baseball, we never played against a team who didn't doctor the baseballs, and I never had a team playing for me who didn't doctor the baseballs. But yet, in 2021, we are trying to fix all that ails the universe. We're going to get rid of everything, including substances. So what actually happened? Memo went out from MLB to all the teams saying that they are now going to have ball compliance officers. Let me see your balls. That ball's out of play. I want to look at it. It used to be we'd authenticate balls that were taken out of play. We put a sticker on them. You can go online at MLB.com. You can put the code in and you can see from what game that ball was, from what hitter that ball was, home run balls, all of the MLB authentication program, which is amazing because it stops any sort of counterfeit in the memorabilia industry in baseball. If it's not authenticated and not online, don't buy it. It may not be who you think it was. Maybe it was the clubhouse guy signing a player's name. You never know. 
So there were always people looking at the balls, looking at bats when they were brought out of play. There was a big study done about the bats that were breaking. Remember a few years ago, all the cracked wooden bats hurting people, flying into the stands, litigation left, litig litigation right. We're going to study the bats. We're going to study the wood. So we're going to take all the broken bats. We're going to put them in a pile. We're going to send them to a lab and they're going to be studied. Now they're going to take the balls out of play and look for substances. And they're going to study the spin rate. They're going to look at every single pitcher in Major League Baseball, and they're going to take a baseline. It's like getting a physical. How healthy are you? Well, let's take a look at all your readings and then come back in a month, come back in a year, and we'll see how much less healthy you are or how much healthy you are. Did you lose weight, gain weight? We need a baseline. So we're gonna have a baseline of pitchers and their spin rate. We're gonna watch them get traded to the Astros. We're gonna watch their spin rate improve. And we're gonna say, wait a minute, we've got a ball problem. Michael Hill is the new senior VP of on-field operations. He's now in charge of balls, among other things. He's in charge of almost everything now, it makes me smile. He's quite capable of it. What is the use of doctoring balls? Well, I've spoken to pitchers and hitters inside a clubhouse about this very subject because it used to drive me crazy when I would see opposing team pitchers doctoring the ball. And then I talked to my own players and they'd say, please do us a favor. Don't say anything because we're just fine with it. The hitters say we like when the balls are doctored because then it means that pitchers have better command. When they use pine tar, when it's cold, they have a way to hold the ball better so they know where it's going so we don't get hit in the face. Pitchers say, don't tell on them because then they're going to start looking at us. Fair enough. So I don't ever recall telling on anybody going to Joe Torrey after he left the Yankees when he was running on-field operations. I don't remember ever going to him and complaining about doctored balls because hitters want pitchers to do it for command purposes. Pitchers want to do it because they can get better spin and better rotation. But MLB is saying we've got to put a stop to it. We can't really control steroids, even though we've put a huge steroid testing in place. We've got the best testing in the world, they say. We're better than the Olympics. Nobody's using performance enhancing drugs anymore. I doubt that's true. Users are always ahead of testers. It's just a fact. Now we're moving on to clean up the balls because we want fewer walks, fewer strikeouts, and fewer home runs. We want more action. We're not just going to worry about changing defensive positioning, robotic umps, pitch clocks. We're going to make sure that the balls are right. Is this a worthy endeavor by Major League Baseball? No. What's going to be the punishment for a player who gets traded to Houston and all of a sudden has improved spin rate? There was always rumors that their improved spin rate was not just technologically based and was not just how great their pitching coach was, that they were doing something with the balls to make them spin better. Are they going to suspend players? Are they going to fine players? What exactly are they going to do? What happens is Mike Hill will write a letter to a player and say, your spin rate was X, now it's X plus Y. We're watching you. 
Mike Hill sent a letter to a player that says, we have studied the ball that was in play when you were pitching it. It was taken out of play. We looked at it. There seemed to be some funny business on that ball. You are hereby warned. Do you know what players do with those letters from Mike Hill? The same thing that Mike Hill saw with letters written by Joe Torrey to the players. They go right into the bathroom, right into the stall, and it counts as extra toilet paper. What is the punishment? 500 bucks? A thou? 15 hundo? Whatever the fine is, it is not enough to change the behavior of the player. That's the bottom line. Remember the, uh, the free agent who just signed with the Dodgers? I can't remember his name. He's their number two starter behind Kershaw now and Bueller, I guess the number three starter. He used to play for the Indians and the Reds and his agent is Rachel Luba, but I can't think of his name. But he always said, hey, every pitcher doctors the ball. What's the big whoop? Well, Trevor, you're about to get caught. Do you care? No, under no scenario do you care. Word of the day is substance. There's a lot of substances that we should care about. Drugs, what killed Tyler Skaggs, opioids, prescriptions, and how they are abused within baseball. I'd like to care about those kind of substances. PEDs, I care about those because I don't want kids using them because they only make great players greater. You can't become a major league baseball player by using steroids. You can just screw up your body as a kid. Those are substances that matter to me. A little pine tar, a little jelly. Go watch Major League One. And there's a, uh, one of the older pitchers says to his manager, James Gammons, he says, I'm giving him every crap I got. I'm throwing him everything, everything but the kitchen sink. And then he takes off his clothes and you see all these jellies all over his shoulders. You should watch pitchers strip. And I don't mean that I'm watching because I want to see what's below the waist. Although there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying what pitchers do, where pine tar is, where the nail files are. I'm in, they're in, we're all in. Substance, word of the day. So if you're looking for someone to try and figure out and study spin rate or become an analytics person, or you're just looking for someone to work in your company, I assume you realize that 2021 is your year. 2020 was rough with the pandemic. People are getting vaccinated, which is good. 2021 can be your year for success. It's time to grow your business. Now is the time. Don't hold it. Don't fold it. Time to grow it. And when you grow your business, that means you got to hire good people. And how do you find good people? LinkedIn. LinkedIn jobs. It will find that person and find that person. Vitement. That means quickly in French. To start off this search, LinkedIn is nice enough to make your first job post free. How great is that? You can fill one of your open positions free. It's quite easy. Coco wants me to remind you because he wrote this into this read that I'm currently making up from what he wrote. You can do it from your PJs. How many people wear PJs, Coca? Do you wear PJs? Don't you just wear underwear and a t-shirt or just underwear or just your birthday suit? Do people actually buy the Eugene Levy nightshirt from Schitt's Creek or the Leave it to Beaver collared shirt with the bottoms as PJs? I used to wear pajama bottoms. Anyway, you can do it from your pajamas. 
The first post is free. So what LinkedIn does, folks, is they will do the search for you. Hi, I'm David. LinkedIn will do the search for you. LinkedIn is an active community. Do you know they have over 700 million people in there? 700 million members. It's pretty easy. All you have to do is go to linkedin.com slash Samson. I guess that's the website. LinkedIn, L-I-N-K-E-D-I-N-D-O-T-C-O-M slash S-A-M-S-O-N. Post a job for free. When your business is ready to make the next hire, find the right person with LinkedIn jobs. And now you can post a job for free. Just visit linkedin.com slash Samson. Again, that's linkedin.com slash Samson. Start growing your business. Terms and conditions, A-P-P-L-W-H-Y. All right, Coca, are we done with that? Let's move on to something that someone asked me, and it is a, uh, a question on a topic that should fascinate all of you, but particularly the person who asked it. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson is a segment that we do on Nothing Personal. Try to do it every day. Get into my Twitter at David P. Sampson. Please follow me. We have fun on Twitter. Every Thursday night, we go into Twitter spaces. Matthew Coco will send a link on his Twitter or on my Twitter. I don't know which. And then we'll take your questions for an hour from 8 to 9 Eastern every Thursday night, most Thursday nights. Not next Thursday night, but every other Thursday night. Tonight, we're doing it. But so you want to talk to Samson is when you ask a question that gets into the show. It's from the movie Half-Baked. David. Hello. What are your thoughts on NHL referee Tim Peel being dismissed after being caught on a hot mic saying he wanted to, quote, give a effing penalty, close quote, to the Nashville Predators during a game? What? OMG, an NHL referee just mouthed what's been happening for decades on the NHL ice, on the hardwood in basketball, on the diamonds of baseball, and on the gridiron of football. Hold on, did this just happen? It can't be. Did a referee just say that he was looking to call a foul slash penalty on someone on a team? <gasps> I have to take a minute, Coca. Let, can we pause the show? All right, we're back in four, six, nine. So you wanna to talk to Samson has a question about an NHL referee who claimed that he was gonna call a penalty on a team even when a penalty wasn't warranted and now he's fired. Horror. Have you ever heard of a concept of a makeup call? Anybody? A makeup call is when you miss a call on one side. Here's how it goes. It's quite simple, actually. Picture a basketball game. LeBron James is going down the lane. The defensive players in position. LeBron James crashes into him. 
LeBron James gets the end one, even though it was a charge. Next trip down, the opposing team has the ball, drive the lane. LeBron James is in perfect position, except he's moving his feet. Therefore, he's lost his perfect position. And they call a block. There are makeup calls that happen. I think I totally butchered that, Coca. I can't remember what I said. A makeup call is when you make a mistake on one side to benefit a team, and then you make a call against the team who got the benefit. It's called a makeup call. When you call a bad pass interference call in football, you make it up by calling a pass interference on the other team. So both teams end up being equal. It's called a makeup call. When you miss a strike as an umpire, and I've spoken to umpires about this consistently, when they know they've missed a call, believe me, they'll make up for it. They will find the appropriate time to make up for it. So they were always telling me in the umpire's room, don't worry, we missed it. It's a three-game series, you'll get it back. With instant replay, it can be a little harder. But the reality is there's enough plays outside of instant replay in football and basketball and in baseball and in hockey that can make it so makeup calls are very common. So Tim Peel, a longstanding NHL referee, said that he wanted to stick Nashville with a penalty. And the question is why? If it's a makeup call, there's nothing to see here. If it's an I hate Nashville call, we have a problem. If it's a I bet against Nashville, we have the end of the world as we know it. REM is in the conversation. And that's why the NHL acted so quickly. They didn't bother investigating. They heard the hot mic. Side note, side note, Coca. How many times do we have to tell people your mic is always on? There are courtside mics. There are ringside mics. There are fieldside mics. Sometimes you're even wearing a mic and they say that you'll have a chance to edit out if you say something not good. Don't believe them. I've got a mic in front of me right now. It's on. Whether Coca's recording the show or not, the mic is hot. H-O-Triple-T. How do people still not know that? How stupid can you be? Let's say from this day forward, we all operate under the assumption that your mic is always hot. Hey, have you ever had a cell phone that's not on the way mine's not on? And you have a conversation about taking a train ride to North Dakota. And then all of a sudden you go on and you see, wait a minute. There's an ad for a train to North Dakota. How in the heck am I seeing an ad for that? No one's ever seen that. Am I the only one? Even when your phone is off, it's listening to you. Your words matter and they're hot. Tim Peel didn't know it. Tim Peel didn't think anyone was listening, but everyone was. So the NHL said, there's nothing to investigate. We don't want to know whether this was a makeup call, which is done all the time, because even if it were a makeup call, we tell our referees make makeup calls. That's fine. Just don't talk about it. Just don't admit it. Just do it. Or the NHL said it doesn't matter. Was it a makeup call or was did he have a thing against the National Predators? Boom. See you later. But then NHL made a statement. And what NHL was really crazed about was number three. Door number three, Monty Hall. 
did he bet against Nashville? So NHL had to say what matters most above all is the integrity of the game. Period. They went on to talk about another few things. They didn't need to. Being an umpire or referee means one thing. It means that your job, your one job, is to keep the illusion of fairness alive that leagues put out there for its customers to buy into. That's it. Make the games decided by the players on the field. Let the inequality of the team speak for themselves based on revenue or mismanagement. Do not add another factor to it by having individual bias. Why do you think Tim Donahue is the poster boy for problems with NBA referees? Coca, do you know who Tim Donahue is? You may not. For people new to nothing personal, thank you. Welcome to the show. Please download and follow Nothing Personal wherever you get your podcast. Tell your friends about it. Tim Donahue was an NBA referee who was caught in a gambling ring betting on games, including games that he refereed. Rut row, that's a big problem. If you've bet on a team that you are refereeing, in theory, you could control the outcome and the spread. Can you imagine if you're giving five and you're up four, you call a foul, put a team on the line with one second left and have them shoot the free throws. Maybe you give the player half of what you're betting and make the player say, make one free throw or worse yet, miss both free throws if you bet the dog. You get what I'm talking about? You got to talk and think about the integrity of the game as gambling has become so prolific, prolific in sports. So the NHL had a nightmare happen yesterday. And you want to know what my thoughts are? My thoughts are the NHL didn't have a choice but to dismiss Tim Peel. They didn't even do due process. You don't need due process. They heard him say the word. We got to get a penalty on Nashville. See ya. But what's really happening in the NHL offices right now is they are examining every other referee. They are looking into any possibility of any connections with any gambling. They are trying to make sure that their ship is tight. I'm talking T-I-G-H, triple T, because the last thing the NHL needs is an integrity problem when they are fighting and clawing to become the fourth major professional sport in the U.S. and to keep that title. <sighs> nothing personal pick of the day. I think we lost Coca again. I think we've lost three in a row. I got a tweet from somebody, a direct message in my Twitter. And uh, I, I won't be able to find it again, but here's what it said. New listener to nothing personal. There's a lot of you. So thank you. We've noticed. I think sponsors are beginning to notice, which I think, you know, because of the commercials and the reads and everything else. And that's a good sign, not a bad sign. It's a good sign that we're going to get to stay here. <clears throat> Somebody got into the DM and said, I'm, I'm new to nothing personal. And I started playing your nothing personal picks of the day. And ever since I've started playing, you haven't won one. And I said, wow, that means you started Monday. And that means I'm definitely going to lose the Nuggets game tonight because you obviously bet the Nuggets minus one against the Raptors. He lost. You lost. I lost. We lost. We're back to only 13 games over 500. Not terrible. We were 16 over to start the week. We've lost three in a row. I don't understand what happened. The Raptors played as though I thought, and this is sort of my experience with the trade deadline, 
is that when there's a trade deadline coming up, teams tend to sphincter up. They tend to get sad. They tend to play worse, not loose. The Raptors played against the Nuggets as though they were fine, as though Kyle Lowry wasn't going to be traded at today's deadline, which is 3 o'clock Thursday, March 25th Eastern. They acted as though Norman Powell wasn't going to be traded. They acted as though everything was fine, and they crushed a better team, and I mean crushed. It was a nightmare. Nuggets minus one over Raptors was a loss. All right, we got a game tonight that I'm going to watch. It's a late game, and I know I'm going to be up late because on Thursdays I like to stay up late because it's Friday the next day, and that's the college guy in me knowing the Thursday night's a party night. That's the beginning of the weekend, right? The weekends at Wisconsin go from Thursday to Wednesday. So you know that the weekend is starting Thursday night. So the late game has the Sixers and the Lakers. And I was looking at the line of that game and I was thinking, so Sixers are giving four and a half to the Lakers. It's in LA. That seems outrageously high. And then I realized that on Monday or Tuesday, I got sucked into the post-LeBron injury, post-AD injury. We've got Schroeder. We're okay got sucked into that and the Lakers got their ass kicked and I don't remember who beat them, but it, the Pelicans crushed them by like 60 points. The Sixers are way better than the Pelicans, even with Embiid, who I think is still not playing Coca, but four and a half on the road for the Sixers, book it. I'm taking the Sixers. I'm giving the four and a half and I'd like to stop the losing streak. So for the nothing personal fan out there betting the games, could you do me a favor and take the Lakers? Just take the Lakers plus four and a half. Do us all a favor because the nothing personal pick of the day is Sixers minus four and a half over the Lakers. NBA teams right now, it is the morning of Thursday, the 25th. So let's say there's six hours left until a trade deadline. Here's what players do today on, on the day of a trade deadline. When you know that you are not being traded. And players know. They may say they don't know. They may say they were totally surprised. I can't believe I was traded. That's really a bunch of horse hockey. They definitely know that when they're being traded. They tend to turn their phone off because they're getting texts from family, from friends, from associates. They know very well that the people who matter in terms of whether or not they're traded know how to reach them even when their cell phone's off. How do I know this? Because we've got the cell phone number of family members. We have the cell phone number of the agent. The agent has the special bat phone for the player. Players have multiple cell phones. I would say 70% of players have multiple cell phones and they give us officially one of the numbers, but somebody always has the other of the number because I-C-O-E, in case of emergency, you really need to be able to reach someone. In case of trade, not as necessary because all we'd have to do is just say the trade is done. It gets into the Twitterverse and then the player would find out from any family member who's with him, any friend, etc. So right now, the NBA players are just sort of taking it easy. Kyle Lowry celebrates a birthday today, I think, Coca. I may be wrong on that. I don't know why that's in my head that he was rumored to be traded to the Sixers or the Heat from the Raptors and the trading deadline. It is his birthday. Okay. Does he turn 35 today, Coca? I think he does. And that is 
old for a player, but not ancient. He becomes a free agent after this year. I would expect Lowry to be traded. He doesn't need to worry about keeping his phone on. He will be contacted and figure out where he's going. The question is, will a team like the Heat be willing to give up a young enough and good enough player to make that trade happen, even though the Raptors really have no leverage at all because he's an expiring contract player and he's the face of the franchise. But for the betterment of the Raptors, he should be traded but we'll wait to see whether he will be. Some of my favorite deadline stories are that we would spend the deadline in baseball and uh, it used to be, the deadline used to be late at night. The deadline used to be like midnight. And so we'd have to spend all day after the game in the office because it's always a game. When we were on the road, we would not go to those road games. We'd always be in the office. Even with the advent of cell phones, you still want to be in one place. You have your player development people with you, your head of player personnel. You've got someone who works in your farm system, scouting people. You're all in a room, the assistant to the GMs, the assistant GMs. You order in pizza. You've got a bunch of junk food around and you're sitting there and you're thinking about trades and you're calling all the teams. The interesting thing is the NBA trade deadline is much more complicated than the MLB trade deadline because of the salary cap. The salary cap makes it so in addition to having the baseball people in the room or the basketball people in this case, you have to have the lawyers in the room. You have to have the cap geniuses in the room. You have to have the people who know whether or not a trade can happen because it's not just player for player. In baseball, we had it easy. We wanted to trade a player. We'd ask for a bunch of players in return. Anything, if we wanted money and we got more than a million dollars back or gave more than a million dollars as part of the trade, you call the commissioner, the commissioner approves it. The commissioner then approves the overall trade and the trade's done. And all that has to be done by the trade deadline, you don't even have to tell your players actually. The only thing that has to be done by the trade deadline is that it has to be filed with Major League Baseball in their computer. That's it. And so we're working up until the end trying to figure out some blockbuster trades that we could do, trying to figure out if we need to move money, if we can take on money. Should we take on money even though we're allowed to take on money because we think we're in the playoff race even though we can't get a good enough player? but we have to show our fan base that we want to get a better player. So we take on money of a player we know is not going to help us, but we hope may help us, ends up not helping us. Do we listen to the player development people who say, don't trade that young guy for this rental player. We don't have as good a chance of making the playoffs as I know you think we do. We're six games out. We're eight games out. We're three games out. We don't have enough. All of that is going through the head of the owner, president, and GM during the MLB trade deadline. Some of the worst trades we ever made were because we were delusional thinking that we had a chance, but I don't regret it for a minute. So if you're in the NBA right now, I think that you're a team like the Miami Heat. You are not good enough to get back to the NBA Finals as is. You're just not. And if you want to believe that the bubble season, the bubble tournament, where you made it to the finals and lost to the Lakers, that that was a true example of the way you are as a team, then you need to do better. You need to improve your team. And if it means trading one of your young players, you do it. I'm speaking specifically about Tyler Hero, who the Heat don't want to trade, but the Raptors want. Pat Riley knows that trading young players on rookie contracts is not wise, but Pat Riley also knows that getting Older point guards helps the team win games. So I think that uh, the Heat will make a trade because I think Pat Riley is chasing a title and felt it last year, felt like how close he was 
Can you imagine him doing a title without Dwayne Wade, without Shaquille O'Neal, without LeBron James, without Kareem, without Magic? A title with Jimmy Butler as your central star, who I would argue is not one of the top 50 players of all time, not even close. I'm not sure I'd put him in the top 100 players of all time. Winning a title with this group would be Pat Riley's cherry on top of his Hall of Fame best ever Sunday. Other teams around the league are going to be looking to pick off players from teams who are out of the race. It's sort of exciting, Coca, right? I don't think it's going to be a huge trade like trade deadline because there is such uncertainty this year, especially with COVID. The uncertainty is that you could trade for a player that could violate COVID protocols, could test positive. They're, they haven't been vaccinated yet. And all of a sudden, that player isn't playing for you any longer. So we'll sort of talk about the trade deadline again tomorrow. But don't worry, you could go to CBS and get wall-to-wall coverage of the deadline on CBS Sports HQ. You can get it anywhere you are watching because it's something to talk about its content. So I was thinking about blockbusters and I decided I, instead of participating in a blockbuster, which I used to do, and I'm sort of sad that I can't anymore, although I'm really not because I'd much rather be here with you every day for 45 minutes. So I watched a movie called The Last Blockbuster and after the break, we're gonna review it and then we're gonna get to a little tiny bit of Daniel Snyder content. Thank God for that. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. We watch a movie every day. I watched The Last Blockbuster. It is a documentary on Netflix. It is a story of literally the last blockbuster store that is located in a city called Bend, Oregon. It's the story of what happened at Blockbuster. And I had been wrong the entire time. I had a relationship with Blockbuster because the owner of Blockbuster was Wayne Huizinga, who also was the owner of the Dolphins, who also was the owner of the Marlins. But as owner of the Dolphins, he was my first landlord when we first got to Florida in 2002 before he sold the Dolphins to Stephen Ross, who then became my landlord after. That would that was my last landlord with the Marlins. Wayne Huizinga made a fortune on waste management. Then he sold Blockbuster in a brilliant move to, wait for it, close your eyes up there in Stamford, Connecticut or in New York City or in Fort Lauderdale. Yep, sold it to Viacom. After Blockbuster got sold, all of a sudden, 
They took on a lot of debt for that acquisition. It was sold for billions of dollars. There were blockbuster stores everywhere. You, they were like Starbucks. You couldn't, McDonald's. You couldn't go a block without seeing a blockbuster. And I was sort of emotionally connected to Blockbuster because that's how I would spend time as a high schooler and elementary schooler and grade schooler. You'd go rent a video. And there is no better feeling. And if you're of my age or older, maybe a little younger, you know this feeling. Coca has no idea what I'm talking about. There's no greater feeling than seeing a thick Blockbuster tape. That's critical. Do you know what I'm talking about, Coca? The way it works is when you go into a blockbuster and you're looking to do get a VHS tape of your movie, if it's thin, that means the cover of the VHS tape that shows the movie that you're trying to rent is pressed against the wall. That means there's no actual VHS tape behind it, which means it's not available to rent. So you're looking for thickness. Remember, thickness matters. And if you find thinness, you have to go to the cash register and say, excuse me, is that movie being returned? Can I check the return bucket right now, even though it's the middle of the day? Blockbuster, they sold candy. It was heaven. I always thought Blockbuster closed down because all they did was VHS tapes. And once streaming started, that was it for Blockbuster. Turns out I was wrong. You learn in this documentary that Blockbuster actually competed with Netflix for quite a while. I did a Netflix subscription for like $9.99 where you get three DVDs sent to you. And when you return one, then you get another one and you had a queue of movies and you could screw around with your queue and move some movies up to the top of the queue, move some movies down on the queue and you'd open your mail and you'd hope to God that you would have another Netflix DVD, but then you realize you forgot to send in your old one. So you could only have three at a time. I did not know that Blockbuster was in that business as well. I didn't know they had an online component. I didn't know that they were trying to segue their store-based business into the internet world. I thought Netflix just blew them away. What actually happened is Blockbuster folded under a, under a rock of its own debt of the parent company and of itself. And they simply could not expand their subscription base as fast as Netflix. And that's how they lost out not because they weren't competing with them. They actually were. They just didn't have the money to get subscribers the way Netflix did. So this last Blockbuster movie is a movie worth seeing because if you don't know about Blockbuster, you'll learn. If you do know about Blockbuster, it will make you feel all warm and gushy inside. The last Blockbuster. Daniel Snyder is in the show. Daniel Snyder is the owner of the Washington football team. Word came out two days ago from Jason Wright, the team president. People like this name. We're going to have a permanent name as early as 2022. But you know what? We may just be permanently called the Washington football team. Fans have taken a liking to it. It's got tradition. It's got history. I don't really understand how. I don't think it does. I think that's just a line of horse hockey, trying to get people to come up with names or to be okay with the new name that's chosen. But that's not the biggest news surrounding Washington football, not even close. The biggest news is that Daniel Snyder has found a way to buy out his limited partners. Why is that big news? Let's rewind. 
you remember the fight he's having with Fred Smith, the head of FedEx and other of his limited partners who are trying to distance themselves from Dan Snyder, who's in the middle of being investigated for major sexual harassment and horrible, horrible violations of women? Remember all the Washington Redskin cheerleaders and the special calendar and photo shoot they had to do for Daniel Snyder and other executives? Remember the fact that Daniel Snyder started to investigate his own team in the NFL said, no, no, we're going to do the investigation. Thank you very little. Remember Daniel Snyder, the guy who's being sued by his limited partners in a campaign because he believes the limited partners believe that Daniel Snyder is not fit to own the team and the limited partners want out. Remember the Daniel Snyder who's suing the limited partners for what he believes the limited partners have done to smear him in order to lower the value of the team so that they can therefore suffer. Daniel Snyder suffering? Nope, not at all. All of that legal chicanery, and I'm not talking about the sexual harassment and the culture and the investigation that's going on. All of the legal battles between Daniel Snyder and his partners were over valuation of the team. Daniel Snyder wanted the valuation lower. The partners wanted the valuation higher. Daniel Snyder did not want to buy them out. They were trying to force Daniel to buy him out. Well, the NFL stepped in and the NFL said, we'll make you a deal, Dan. We are going to lend you $450 million. You'll pay us back by 2028, but we're going to lend you $450 million. You're going to add it to $450 million of your own money. You're going to give these partners $900 million for their 40%. That values your team in the billions and it gets them out and you in total control along with your mother and sister owning 100% of the team. Are you good with that? Daniel Snyder said, well, wait a minute. What does that mean about the investigation into me and into my front office and into my job as owner of the team? And the NFL said, here's what it means. Nothing. We have to finish this investigation for PR reasons, Dan. Don't worry. You'll know what the outcome is. We'll make sure we manipulate the outcome before we release it. But we need to make sure that it's just you as owner because we don't want the distraction of these other owners, even though they're big corporate sponsors. We don't want the distraction and the infighting that's been happening around your team. We need calmness around the Washington football team right now. When you unveil your new brand and you, your new team, we need you to get revenue. We need you to be good again. It's so important when the NFC East is a competitive division with the Cowboys and the Giants and the Redskins. We can't have it called the NFC lease because of your meddling involvement. So we're going to lend you the money, get rid of the problem. Does that mean, Roger, that I'm all clear because we hired Jason Wright and everything's good again? Everything's fine, right? Promise me that, Roger. I can't promise you, Dan, because our mic is hot but just you wait. So I've got to wait to see on the Washington football team. And the wait to see is the following. The Washington football team will not be the permanent name of the Washington football team. No matter what Jason Wright is saying as president, no matter what's going on with the partners and the buyout, market as done. The Washington football team will not be the permanent name. And 
I want to just mention why. When Washington rebrands itself, they have an opportunity to make more money for themselves and for the league. And by having a color scheme that's different, by having the fans an ability to choose a name, and by the way, they're submitting names like crazy. They can go till April 5th submitting names. And remember what I told you how that works when you're choosing a new name or when you're choosing a new uniform or a new logo, you give fans an opportunity to participate and then you do whatever you want. You find the fan who agrees with what you were gonna to do to begin with and that fan becomes the winner. You don't wanna miss out on that rebranding. When the Redskins became the Washington football team this past year, was it one year or two years that they've been the football team, Coke? I can't even remember. I'm gonna assume it's one year, two years. The reality is it's been one year. There was no real rebranding. They did not have the time to do it. That's why the Washington football team, wait to see, will have a new name. All right, we're closing today's show with a winner. We finally got to a number that we're going to get way higher, but I had promised that once we get to 2,000 YouTube subscribers, that's YouTube. If you're watching this on Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel, you have to hit the subscribe button. If you're listening, you just follow Nothing Personal, hit a follow button or subscribe or whatever the heck you have to do. But I said there'd be a raffle. So we had 2,000 people in a raffle. And guess what? If your name is John On, A-U-N-E, a, you had to listen to the entire show to hear your name called, which you all do anyway, and I appreciate that. A-U-N-E, I'm probably saying that wrong. Contact Coca or me on Twitter. John on you won. Your subscriber in randomly, 694, whatever that means. We did a number randomizer. That's how we do it. And you are going to win a gift. So when you subscribe to nothing personal, you never know what's gonna happen. When you download and listen, you never know what's gonna happen. When you do the CBS bracket and all you have to do is beat Coca in the March Madness bracket, you never know what's gonna happen. Because here at Nothing Personal, we understand it's just business. This is Nothing Personal. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.